I get to bring this one. And his plan is to do four messages on the same passage. So we'll see how that goes. He did really well last time. And uh, I get to pick it up and uh, review just a little bit, perhaps some things from last week that uh, he didn't touch on, and then uh, talk about our topic for today, a very great debt. So let's read together, and that is uh, Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. Oh, you put it up there. How cool is that? Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Actually, it reads seventy times. Seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. And when he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him. Father, once again, we come into your presence, and Lord, we ask that you would call us to that place, that place of presence where you are speaking into our hearts. Let us receive from you faith to believe and trust your word. In your great name, amen. So, Peter had a great question. How often should I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Now, he's not talking about a blood brother in that culture. Everybody who was part of the kingdom of Israel was considered a brother or a sister or a father or a mother and so on and so on. And then he said seven times. Is that enough? Pastor Brandon brought up the fact that the general practice, and it's written down a few times, I don't know that it's actually in the law, but you see it here and there in the Old Testament, was three times. Forgive three times. It doesn't say anywhere what to do when you get to three. And I know that there are certain kinds of offenses that have broken families into pieces, companies, teams, clubs, all kinds of things, because they get to that point that says, enough, no more. But Jesus' answer was much more. Now, there are different translations. Some say 77 times. Some say 70 times 7. Why is that? Because that word 70 times only appears once in the New Testament, and that's here. And so what do you do? When you, when you uh, translate that word out of New Testament Greek, well, you go back to the culture and see how it was used back then. So most of the commentators that I have read have said it is 70 times 7. Somebody do the math. Five, what? 490. Okay, so I am sure that I have offended my wife at least 490 times in 46 years. 
I thank the Lord every day that she isn't counting. Because if the, you know, those little clickers that they used to have when they were counting people going into a stadium or something like that, I could just have this in my mind with her stuff. All right, that's it, you're done. But she isn't doing that. Because she is living out what the Lord said. God, Jesus uses extreme things to make his point sometimes. He uses extremes. And we're going to see that again as we go forward. But what is it that Peter was really asking? He says, sin against me. We're not talking about, and that's the word in the original language, we're not talking about an offense, an oversight, oh my goodness, I forgot your birthday, or worse, anniversary, or Christmas, or all of them. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about sin. This is the S word, which is really worse than the other S word. We're talking major offenses against the second table of the law. We are talking about offenses, sins, like bearing a false witness, lying, or lying about me, or theft, or worse. You can go back and read them in Exodus 20. Peter, I don't know where he's coming from. Right now, when he gets to this point, but he's saying those kind of sins. What do we do? And Jesus' answer is you forgive them all and you don't stop. And that word for forgive there, that word carries the idea of picking up something and moving it far away. Old translations of the Bible use the word remission of sin. That is more than just forgiveness. Don't worry about it. That is picking it up and removing it and putting it away and don't think about it again. Sometimes when we talk to people and maybe they come to apologize for something and we just say, oh, don't, don't give it another thought. I forgive you, and don't give it another thought. Don't worry about it. But how many times will you be lied about or cheated or your reputation maligned? How many times can we do that? Can that happen to us? And we say, don't give it another thought. I don't know if any of us can do it, and yet Jesus says, just keep on doing it. There's no little clicker for 490 times. And that's what Peter is asking. How many times do I have to put up with that kind of sin against me? And Jesus goes on to tell a little parable. Stories, I love stories. Movies, books love stories even love stories I like um, so he does this all the time and he, he talks about the kingdom of heaven compared to a king 
who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. Now, these servants, they're not slaves, okay? They are servants. Today, we would think of them more as employees. Only in that day, if you became a servant of another, they, the, the master provided your housing, your clothes, everything you needed to live, and a salary. You got to have all of it. Salary would be a lot smaller than what we get. But they were able to live because they lived in the master's house, or at least on the compound. And they had everything taken care of. And they brought one to him who owed 10,000 talents of money. Now, just to put this in perspective, in those days, they used the word talent of money for a lot of things. But primarily, it meant this. One talent was equal to 20 years of salary. 20 years of pay for a skilled laborer. We're not talking you know, a minimum wage here. We're talking something that, that someone could support themselves and possibly even a family on. This is a whole lot of money, 20 years worth. I would love to have 20 years of my salary sitting around someplace. Probably never going to happen. 10,000 of these? Jesus said this guy owed 200,000 years pay. Yes, Jesus does use extremes to make his point. And he's not talking about how in the world could that possibly happen. He is making a point that this servant owed a lot. And for those who are listening... Sometimes the most outrageous things that Jesus said, like 200,000 years income, it gets their attention. It gets my attention. But he couldn't pay. That guy had a huge debt. And his answer was, well, just, just be patient with me. I'll get to it. That's not patience, that's crazy talk. Patience is one of one of my teenage kids, a long time ago, asked me to borrow money in order to fix their car. And then it takes more than one paycheck in order to pay me back. That's patience. We're talking, if they took this literally, it would be generations of paying back. So that whole family, generation after generation after generation, would be paying back to the master's family, generation after generation after generation. And you can be sure that that's what they're hearing. This is crazy. What kind of a debt is that? Have patience with me and I will pay you everything. The last verse is of this section, verse 27. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. Wow. And that word pity is not the original language. It was compassion. And it's what's called a passive verb. Today we would say he was moved with compassion for that servant. 
It says they released him. They probably, you know, the servants, other servants have probably already grabbed him, getting ready to take him off for sale. I'm really glad that none of my creditors ever tried to do that. Take me off and sell me. And then he forgave him the debt. And there's that word again, forgive. It not only is no longer charged to him, but it is removed from him. Never to be thought of again, kind of. Brandon will get to the rest of the parable next week. I was that servant. Yes, I've had plenty of debt in my time, things that I owed other people, money. But you see, that outrageous, crazy debt, that debt that could never be repaid, I had that debt, and it's called my sin. And God sent his son to live in my place as perfect with no debt. He sent his son to the cross to pay for my debt. And he was, he was raised from the dead on the third day. And the slate is clean. I said, I used to be that servant with an impossible debt, but not anymore. Because I have a loving Father who knew how to take care of it, and He has compassion for us. He knows who we are. He knows we can't pay. That's why Jesus came. And the slate is clean. Yep, still a sinner. So for all the rest of my sin, paid in advance. Isn't that awesome? It's done. The slate is clean, and he has removed all of it far, far away. I don't remember where it is, Psalm 103. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our sin from us. That's how debt is settled by God it's by taking it away and remembering it no more Father thank you thank you we just celebrated the Lord's Supper and we were talking about all the gifts of grace that you have given and because of Jesus you have removed our sin from us it is no longer charged against us. Yes, sin is real. It's still real for me. It's as real as it ever has been. And yet it is no longer charged against me. How that happens, Lord, I don't know. But I rejoice in the fact that you are telling us today that by believing in Jesus, it all can be removed and put far from us and no longer charged. Thank you in your blessed name. Amen.